Welcome again this week, ladies and gentlemen, to the 31st Kessel Run Comics Podcast. This is your host, Macadelic, and co-host... Skelly Boy. And as always, we're back again with some more Chom Entertainment. This week, we have our regular top five, and unfortunately, we have no spec to talk about because we didn't really deem too much in this world's uh, speculation and rumor mill as worthy. So, we're just going to pass on some spec. But either way... um. Number five, this is a book that uh, we read the prelude to, we read uh, part one, and now this is part two of Sins Rising. This is Amazing Spider-Man number 46. I thought this was a pretty cool issue. Uh, I felt like there were a few little nifty kind of gimmicky things, like there was one scene, a panel in particular, that I felt like Spider-Man kind of did a fourth wall break, and that was kind of cool, because, you know, Deadpool's the one who's notorious for doing that, that's not really a Spidey type thing, but I mean, anyway, like, Sin Eater was badass in this one again, Sin Eater ended up blasting the entire Lethal Legion, which is kind of like, think about maybe a Marvel knockoff version of, like, the Suicide Squad, but they're not sent in to do a certain mission. They're just kind of a ragtag group of bad villains. Yeah. And I think I think that Sin Eater's development in this one, like what we found out about him, was yeah. nutty that he's taking powers. Yeah. Every person he quote-unquote cleanses, he's stealing their powers. So, I mean, who knows? He's killed tons of people. So, I guess that means he has tons of power. Like, he's probably got... Upwards of 20 to 30 or more powers. I want to know, since his smoke looks like Mysterio, did he kill Mysterio? Dude, I mean, they did... Uh, you know, they said that he knew him. Yeah, they said something about Mysterio in this, so that did make me think about that, that too. That was in the prelude, wasn't yeah. it? When they mentioned his past with Mysterio. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yeah, he might have gone after him first. At. Yeah. Mm. That would be pretty deadly. So, overall, what would you say that you really thought about this issue? I'm going to have to give this issue a two. Really? Yeah. It really was not picking up. It didn't flow as heavily, you know? Yeah, with the previous issue? Yeah, Yeah, it didn't really. it, It just killed the vibe, you know? Like, all the potential energy it had moving forward just got, like, halted with this one to me. Right. It just was not as interesting. Well, the last one, it was Spider-Man and Overdrive doing everything. Like, they were there in the moment, you know, speaking, regular word bubbles. And this one was, you know, Peter Parker in Overdrive's hospital room the whole time telling a story of something that had already happened. Yeah. So since he was telling it like of stuff that had already happened, it didn't really allow it to engage readers the same way it did in the previous issue. Yeah. So, but with that being said, I'm probably gonna be. This is slightly above average for me. I think there's a whole lot more to be seen with the sins rising kind of little story arc, especially whenever we get to uh, issue 49, which will be the legacy number 850. They say Green Goblin's coming back. But we got to see a little Norman Osborn in this one. That was really cool. I like that. Yeah. But I'm a three at this one. Just got to be slightly above average. You know, it's number five on our list. It wasn't high. Yeah. But coming in at number four, we have Venom 27. And I love this book. I didn't even read 26, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we did that one on the podcast. And this book picked up perfect, even though it's a part two. We did read 26 because the virus. 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we did read it. But this book, it's been so long since that one released. Yeah. It's probably been about a month and a week or maybe six weeks. Yeah. It feels like. Yeah. And this book, Virus, is still a really interesting character. We still don't know what Eddie has done to him. Yeah, but he keeps hinting that, you know, he's got a lot of dirt on Eddie or Eddie's, you know, just hurt him in so many different ways and whatnot that, you know, he's got a, a vendetta against Eddie Brock, and he's coming. And he doesn't really care. He's he's kind of trying to, you know, threaten Dylan as well. And, you know, with moms, but definitely dads too, you know, you can't threaten the young or you're going to get the teeth. Yeah. And he got the teeth. Yeah, and it's really making Venom evolve, you know, and him talking to these other symbiotes with this new hive. Yeah, that was pretty wild. And it teaching Venom symbiote all these new things, you know, like Venom gets wings. Yeah, well, so... That was one thing that I did already know about. They've had wings since uh, issue five, but they don't use them that often. But I want to know, like, one of the new things was that, like, giant arm thing. Like, yeah. the arm cannon where he just absorbs, like, the symbiote absorbs all the energy it takes and then just kind of, like, deals it out. Like, dude, that's freaking awesome. I love that. Yeah, and the whole thing's nutty. This whole Venom world they got transported to. <laughs> yeah. Boy, ooh. I think it's like Earth 1650 or something, 1610, something like that. I don't know, but it looks nutty. It is. Especially them Venom Avengers. This, yeah, the Venom Avengers were wild. Um, earlier in the week, there was some speculation around uh, Amazing Spider-Man 375, which is the first appearance of uh, Anne Weying, I think is how you say it, which is the uh, mother of Dylan Brock and past wife or late wife of Eddie Brock. So it was cool to see her in this alternate universe, and she's actually a really big alternate character in this universe. A character that exists in the 616, but this one, she's actually playing as a really cool Venom character. Yeah, definitely. What would you want to rate this one? For me, this one was a banger. Like you said, I think it picked up really, really well. So this one for me is definitely going to be... I'd give this one a four. Really, I'm going to just, I'm going to have to give it a three. Yeah, that's fine. Because it was solid, you know, but I really want to know more about Virus. This character seems really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Oh, dude, we didn't even mention Codex. Oh, yeah, Codex is in that one. Yeah, Codex is really cool. If any of you guys are, like, fans of My Hero Academia and you know the character twice, the guy who can make, like, duplicates of himself, there was two panels right after the big, long, lengthy panel on the page that actually reveals Codex for the first time. There's two, like, maybe one-eighth size, one, yeah, one-eighth size panels probably at the bottom, and his eyes look a lot like Twice, like when Twice makes a funny anime face. So I just thought that was a cool little reference. I may post that on our Instagram so you guys can see more of that. But um, for our number three on the list, we have obviously one of my picks, Star Wars Darth Vader number four. I don't really, I feel like as far as cover game goes, this one definitely has the worst cover out of the first four issues of Vader. The really? first one, yeah, the first one's the all black. You know, it's got Vader right in the middle, and it's got the Death Troopers on both sides. And I love that cover because I love Death Troopers. And then the second cover was pretty cool. It was Darth Vader and Padme kind of split yeah. by the lightsaber, so that one was nice. And then the third one was pretty cool. Um, geez, why can't I think of exactly what's on the cover of the third one? 
It's slipping my mind, but I know for a fact that it's cooler than this one. Like, I don't think so. This one's just Padme, like, kind of, you know, or not even really Padme, like, the ghost of Padme, yeah. or, like, the spirit of Padme, like, laying, like, but on his chest. But that's got a lot to do with this book. Arc. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I get that. You know, like, it's highly relevant. It's a beautiful piece of art, you know. There's nothing I can argue about either one of those points. You know, like, if this wasn't the cover, like, if you just, like, took Darth Vader and that barcode off, people would buy that. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. For like sure. Especially people who, like, relate to that ship. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not bad. I think it's just not action-y. Right. And you don't like well, it. Well, see, that's that's what it was. But, well, technically, the first cover is not really that action-y because, like, it they're just Death standing troopers. there. Yeah. Death Troopers are never there for anything but action. Because Death Troopers are ballers. They hit their mark, unlike other random stormtroopers and different divisions. Yeah. But with this issue and him visiting the Tomb of Padme... I don't think there could be a better cover. That was super duper cool. Yeah, like that. Whenever they, uh, he actually ends up fighting the handmaidens too, which that was wild. Like when he started, you know, throwing stuff around, and like two of them had blasters. One of them had like this cool little shocky stick that she was flipping over and fighting him with. And like, dude, when he was taking like four of the best trained like handmaidens by Padme by the Naboo Royal Guard, and he's just like bossing up on all of them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I expect Vader to do that, but just to consistently see him do that regularly is super cool. Also, Vader ended up being the first in this one to do something ever. So, uh, our analysis droid, uh, ZED, or yeah, Z76, I think is his name, but uh, he's a forensics droid. And he brings up a lot of data like through these first four issues. And one of the things he brings up in this issue is that there has never been any creature or being that's killed a Sando Aqua Monster other than another Sando Aqua Monster until this issue when Darth Vader absolutely claps one. And he makes it look seamless. Like he just basically jumps in his mouth and stabs his brain. And it's yeah. it. Boss up. I absolutely love that part. But, Jakob, what would you rate this book? This book's getting a three and a half. Nice. I'm going to I'm gonna be right there with you. So, for a combined seven out of ten. That, that was a wonderful book. And at number two, we have what I feel like should be... Both of these are obviously my picks. <laughs> but for number two, we have Hawkman number 26. And, you know, I've talked about Hawkman a little bit. He's... Not one of my super high favorites, but he's high up if you're just counting Justice League members, in my opinion. Right. And uh, this is a really important book because they die. And let me tell you, that's not uncommon, but they do it different in this book. Yeah, there's a huge moment on the very last page of this book. Like, so much so, we're not going to tell you exactly what happens. Yeah. But no. They gave up their whole life plus something. Yeah. And just to be with each other. And, you know, that's that's a real sappy kind of thing. But that's a big deal for they Hawkman. Were, yeah, but they also didn't make it too sappy. Like yeah. it was sappy because it's going to be if you're if you're going to tell that story, it's going to be sappy to yeah. some degree regardless of how you tell it. Oh yeah, they didn't overplay it and make it way sappier than it needed to oh, be. Oh yeah, but there was just enough action. There was ultimately it was 
because the catalyst of they kind of realized that, you know, in order to get to that point, they were going to have to make a greater sacrifice. Yeah. And, boy, they sacrificed a lot. And where that sacrifice got them to? Yeah. Boy. It is it's wild. coming back to the golden age. True that. For the, for the last go around. I did think that was super cool uh, how they – like, even though they had to – give up their lives like that one life um that that you know the story continues on from the rest of this art from uh i really really like how they end up tackling like their bad guy like they ended up you know ashing that man which was great because you know they he he every time they reincarnate anytime the bad guy wins with uh hawkman uh hawkman and hawk girl or hawk woman they end up both getting like split apart first of all so they have to find each other again but then their baddie is always looking for them every life he's he's right there trying to search for him so the fact that they finally like ashed him and you know who knows when he'll be back that's another you know this whole book was really key and really different yeah you know and it's not anything new it's just the way it was going about was excellent in this one. Yeah, it really was well done. Venditti wrote an amazing script for this book. Yeah, that was phenomenal. And I really liked the book itself because mm-hmm. it's made out of that weird cardstock paper. Yeah. You know, it felt a little thick when I picked it up. And that just makes it feel nice. Yeah, it's heavier in your hand. It just adds you know, it like a little. Well. Yeah, but it just adds a little extra quality. Oh, yeah. Book. For sure. Because it's just a little different, you know? Not too different. Yeah. Just like his story. Healthily. Yeah. What would you rate this book? That one's... Boy, that's, that can... That can have a four. That can have a four? Yeah. Okay. Nice. That, that was a super solid story. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this is, uh, you know, here at the end of our podcast, but this is what we, you've all been waiting for. We've got Empire X-Men number three of four. So next week, unfortunately, this will... Or not unfortunate that this will be on the list next week, but it's unfortunate that next week this will be wrapping up. Yeah, because this has been a phenomenal story. There's been so much going on in this story that it's great. I, you know, I didn't expect it to get where it is now, but boy, it got there and it got there beautifully. I absolutely love that uh, Nightcrawler kind of came to the rescue in this book. Nightcrawler is definitely one of my favorite x-men characters and he was not featured in the first two issues of this four-part series so i didn't cool like to see how him. showed up really i feel well, it i thought was that too... was the perfect way like because magic like couldn't come back you know she couldn't yeah. teleport back and get the stuff and come you know back to the battlefield so you got to send in the one guy who literally does that that's his thing is teleporting I think there are more mutants with teleportation. Oh, there's plenty more, but, like, he's the staple one, for sure. But I just, I feel like his introduction was too sudden, you know? Like, he was completely irrelevant, and then he was on a panel. Yeah. You know? There was no, like, oh, Nightcrawler's even in the room. Yeah, it wasn't That we're talking about this in, you know? They could have at least put him in a panel in the background, you know, Mm -hmm. and have him say something. And then him, like, pitch that idea. He just appeared to the, oh, I'll take it, and disappeared. You know, and I didn't like. I was like, mm, can't just. It was too gimmicky for you. Yeah, can't just throw something in there like that. Well, at least he wasn't like a 
a big part of the story. Like after he brought those guns, he literally shot that hole and was pretty much gone. Because remember, yeah. he like looked, and then I looked up in German what he actually said, and he looked and said, "Holy crap!" And then like just left to that. But I also really really liked just dude. We mentioned in the last issue that uh, Magic got new powers and got like a new bodysuit. Yeah, dude. Well. She got she, a whole new everything. Oh my gosh! She's a not, whole new person. Not only, yeah, re, re, really, seriously, she, she made a physical transformation. Yeah. yeah, she she became the zombie queen of a new. I can't pronounce the island. Is Ganesha? Uh, it's Genosha. Genosha. Yeah, she is the zombie queen of New Genosha, and that's now her island. And she is, she looks like a coffin comics character. Real strong, yeah. Real, real big lady death vibes coming, coming from that one. I see that, but I like it, you know, because you know I love Lady Death. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an interesting character, Facts. and so I didn't have a problem with it by any means. Well, my personal thoughts on the ending of this book gets me pumped up for part four next week, yes. and it'll almost arguably want to make that one our joint pick because I'm oh. pumped up to see if. Magic, after topping her appearance in issue one with issue two, and then in issue three from issue two, can she do it for a third time? Can you really, like, come out here and, like, you know, boss up on this giant Kotati knot? Like, it's literally basically a juggernaut of the species Kotati. So they coined it a Kotati knot. Yeah, and I, ooh. But, I mean, she's the zombie queen, you know? She That's what I'm saying with all that boys. power. I think she can really just, you know, blow us away in the next issue and one-up herself again. But, so here's my question. Do you think the Kotati knot is going to be on the same level of a fight as, like, a normal, like, a mutant versus a sentinel? Or do you think it's going to be, like, bigger Wow, than that's that? a good question. You know? Uh... I would hope that because it's an alien, like, somehow there's kind of, like, these, like, pitfalls that she's going to, like, run into. Like, maybe since it's half zombie, half Kotati, maybe it's going to be harder for her to, like, put it down. But I don't know. I would like, since it's an alien species and not a robot, that they've already... Like, mutants have fought uh, the Sentinels so many times that by now y'all should know how to handle just one. (laughs) Or, like, one... Basically something that would be of the power level of just one. Yeah. So, I hope that she gives him quite a... Or, he gives her quite a battle, but we'll see. Mm. What you putting on this bad boy? A four and a half. Oh! A four and a half. Jeez. Y'all, he's... he's If if she one-ups herself again next week, that number four, he's going to end up handing out a five. I told you, the only thing they ever get a five is going to be a miniseries. Oh, yeah. I remember, remember you told me that. Because yeah. the ongoing can't have one. Yeah. Unless it's the last issue. True that, but I guess. Only last issues can be perfect. Hmm. That's the end of the tale. On this one, I'm probably going to sit at... I'm going to sit at a three. That one for me was like slightly above average. But that was higher than both the grades I gave on the first two. Because the first one I gave a two. And the second one I gave a two and a half. So this one, I, I gave it a three. So it's getting better for me. See, like, and imagine if it really does it for me, then not only are you going to give a five, but I'll probably give a four. I'm not above doing something like that. Not whenever it actually deserves it. Yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is Macadelic and 
Kelly Boy. Signing out. We'll see y'all next week. Later.